Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our special podcast, Chris, the Collingwood Magpies. It's definitely a special one. It's for the special team <laughs> of Collingwood. The special team. I'm not sure how you can back up after yesterday after you blessed Carlton. Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting that they're side by side. But um, oh, oh, And there we go with another Collingwood reference. You're welcome. That was unscripted. Side by side. <laughs> Um, look, uh, Collingwood are interesting this year. Um, they're going to have a little bit of a digression, but their top 18 to 22 is still pretty strong um, if they can stay on the park. So, I mean, really anything's possible with, with the Pies this year. Um, I don't think they're going to be... I think they're going to hover around that sort of 7th to 10th and battle for that last spot in the eight. Oh, optim- don't, laugh at, don't, don't laugh at me. Optimistic as always, Chris, particularly with Collingwood. Um, they are going down faster than Lindsay Lohan on a five-night bender. Um, <laughs> but before we go off into the pleasantries, Chris. Lindsay Lohan. Wow. <laughs> Dude, between Felicity and Lindsay Lohan, could 2010 called and they said <laughs> they said they want their fucking cliches back, all right? That's what they said. That far into the 2000s, hey? Yeah, that's it. Maybe yeah. earlier. Um, look, before earlier. we get on to this, uh, let's hit them on the, on the socials. We SC Insider 100. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, um, you name us, Twitcher. Twitcher. That's Twitch, a new one. Twitcher. Twitch, Twitcher. Apple, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Yes, and um, YouTube Podcasts. Well. Yes, and YouTube. Uh, just search for a Supercoach Insider. Um, easy. Pretty easy stuff, guys. Really appreciating, actually, on YouTube with all the comments and feedback at the moment. So that That's is true. something that has really taken off. Uh, we're probably one of the only people that actually do, uh, do a recording of ourselves uh, video-wise and Release it to all platforms, really. So thank you for that participation there. Really do appreciate you. Uh, there's quite a few that do, actually, but, um, but yeah, that's fine. If you miss our ugly mugs, do <laughs> jump on the YouTube, on the line, on the and line. Um, get a hold. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Um, look, Leachie, tell you what. And uh, still still on the uh, on the old, this creaming soda sugar-free today, guys. Tell really you what. Really getting into it. Leech is hanging on here because they're so delicious. I just want to keep drinking them. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I hit a personal goal today, actually. Ooh. Um, I uh, weighed in and I saw an eight and a three at the uh, front of the scales for the first time in about six years. So um, that's uh, almost 16 kilos that I've lost now, which is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. So there you go. Happy me. days. Well yeah, done. you. Thank Congratulations. You. Um, so let's get on to the rookies first. There's been uh, a lot of talk, a lot of questions online as well. There's a lot of mystery surrounding Collingwood, particularly the players and who's going to sort of take the slack, so to speak. Yeah, um, and I think pro- people are probably overestimating, you know, how many Collingwood rookies are going to fit into their twenty-two. Because I really can only see one or two um, at the most debuting, and it might be zero. So, uh, yeah, just with a grain of salt. I mean, pop these guys in, and there's some serious considerations. There really is, um, especially with uh, with the rookies that they did get. Um, most of them are if not ready-made, big-body types that can really impact the game. So um, I suppose we'll start right off the top. Their first pick was pick 17, and they got uh, Ollie Henry. Uh, he's 135K forward, so a little bit more expensive than than most of the other guys here. But he's the brother of Jack Henry, so uh, the guy from Geelong. 
uh, who's an interceptor uh, defender. Um, and he's a very similar type player. Um, can go forward and kick a bag, but obviously it can intercept behind the ball. He's 187 centimeters, so he's that sort of medium-sized utility player. Um, because of his ability to play all, all, all over the park, he will be considered a value asset off the bench. So he can go forward. He can go behind the ball. He may not be defined to a specific style role. I don't trust their whole family, Chris. <laughs> Why is that? They all have two first names. The, <laughs> the lot of them. All of them. Two classic, first names. Classic. Oh, wow. Well, we, haven't, we haven't dropped that joke yet this year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll keep going. Um, look, I, I do see him getting minutes. I think he's a little bit behind a couple of the other guys here, um, but they did write, rate him very highly. Um, I think that at some point he plays, and there's probably going to be a bit of a revolving door with rookies this year. So that one might come in for two, three, four games, and then another one comes in because they've got so much to blood. That's actually a really good point. And this is one of my biggest concerns for this year is everyone's like, oh, they just want to go the cheapest rookies or the newest draftees, etc. But again, you have to pay attention to the fact that last year, not many of them actually played much football. Yeah. And generally speaking, you normally, when you get drafted, you're already behind AFL standards as far as, you know, a lot of them that do play, they have to train really hard. They have to prove themselves early to get a gig. Now, you imagine not having much football for a year, then coming into the best competition in the country and they actually got drafted later than usual, so they have less time to actually get up and play. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me concerned, and that is why I'm predominantly looking for people who have already been in the system for one, two, three years, and it looks like it's their turn because they're still rookie-priced, but they've actually been in the system. They know the game plan. Their body's stronger, and generally I think these are the people who are going to get opportunities this year. Yeah, it's um to it's start part of the reason why um why I think Henry um won't play is is, is that um there are uh, guys that uh, were drafted last year that haven't yet played AFL football and I think that a couple of them could be in front of him so um but he he will be a good supercoach scorer when he comes in and we saw Jack Henry when he started when he played football he was a very good rookie um so when he does get in uh look keep an eye on him and keep an eye on his scoring um, I think he will play it sometime this this year yep. Um, moving on to one of the guys that I think is a potential to line up round one because he's absolutely tearing the track up is brother of Jack McRae, Finlay McRae, or I'm just going to call him Finn McRae from now on because it's just easier. Um, and he's 186 centimeters and 78 kilos. And if you want to play, play a comparison, it's literally his brother. He plays almost the exact same way, not electric in terms of pace, but has high endurance and high IQ, just manages to find space on the outside on the spread, even though he's not super quick. Um, so uh, his delivery inside football, uh, inside 50 on both feet is very good. Um, so he can play high half forward and forward um, as well as through the midfield. And that's probably how he starts, similar to his brother, where he played on the half forward flank or in the pocket when he first came to football and then eventually transitioned into that midfield. Can we just call him MJ, McRae Jr.? Yes, you can. Like Honestly, like it's, um, it's a bit crazy um, that they are very similar players. Um, he also accumulates the ball like it's going out of fashion, so he can get high numbers um, and has just been impressing all over the park uh, at, at Collingwood in the preseason. So I do think that um, he's going to be one to watch. Um, he may, I think that he's got a, a, a high chance to actually start round one. The one I think he's probably competing with is Jack Rantle, who was drafted last year and didn't get a gig last year. And he's also been knocking on the door in preseason. So here's the funny thing with uh, MJ, so McRae Jr. Yes. Is number one, he he probably had to work and get the ball because he was trying to get the ball off his brother. <laughs> That's true. And on top of that, it means that he's also used to disappointment, which is great for being at Collingwood. I. Oh, 
calm down there, mate. Um, but fair call. Fair call, I deserve it. Uh, look, and um, I think that he's a guy that is probably going to play 200 games. He's that talented. So uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, Finn McRae, M Jr., whatever you want to call him. Absolute gun. And he will be a long-term player for Collingwood. Um, the next one's Reef McInnes. So huge raps on this kid. Um, people were, there were conjecture before the draft was, you know, where was he going to get bid on? Um, is so, he McInnes or is he McAdis? Yeah. So, uh, Collingwood obviously is from the Academy and so they had a you know, priority picked for him. Um, and they were hoping he wouldn't go early so they could pick up guys like Helen Henry and McRae. Um, without having to use a pick on them, and they got lucky. And um, it ended up being that Reef got uh, was landed at pick 23, so that's where he actually got bid. He's 192 centimetres and 84 kilos, so his basically body is built ready for AFL football, um, and they were really hoping that he he would obviously fall late. Um, his his big thing is his size and his strength as an inside midfielder who is a bottom age of trial behind the... Um, uh, was trialed in front of the football as well. So he can obviously go forward because of his size and take a mark and kick a goal. Um, his numbers as an inside midfielder, unfortunately, don't look great because he played behind Will Phillips, who was obviously one of the top picks this year, and Noah Anderson and Matt Rowe the previous year as an underager. So he didn't really get all of those minutes in the comp, which is probably why he also slid down the pecking order. Um, but he handballed at an incredible 89.5% efficiency for the year. And whilst his kicking isn't amazing, it's not really an area to worry about. But he's also lightning quick. This guy literally has everything. He, is this, this Trelaw that I'm seeing? Well, Handballs it a lot, can't kick it. He was actually lightning like to run. Adam Trelaw, a tall Adam Trelaw. Oh, there you go. Um, so uh, he he tested his 20-meter dash at 2.78 seconds, which is insanely quick. Um, so he's really got a, um, a quick burst off the lead, which means he can obviously spread from the packs very quick. He does need to work a little bit on his endurance, um, but that's not going to be uh, too big of an issue for him. Um, he's got everything to make it as a top mid, uh, midfielder in the AFL. So Impressive. height, strength, pace, agility, can and take a, a mark, can get a goal. And a cool name. Um, Chris, it's I'm going to take a little side note here while you fix yourself. Pull that mic closer, mate. You're getting limp like a two-minute noodle. So bring it closer. Tighten that bad boy up. Um, the reason I'm just going to go back into what I said before about being concerned about rookies, that's why I don't like the guns and rookies. Like I'm talking hard out, three premiums, three rookies, two more rookies on the bench because I feel like, like Chris said, they might be in and out for a couple of games because some of them will start and then they'll burn out because they're not used to that level. So that's my concern. So I'm usually kind of looking for, uh, if I might go three premiums, I'm still trying to find up maybe a, a, a cheaper mid-pricer or something like that to kind of blend it up and find cash where I can. Absolutely. Um, oh, he's back. Just just one more thing on, on Reef. I do think he plays this year. Uh, I just don't think it's from round one. I think he's got a little bit more development to go. Um, so he'll probably start in the twos and then work his way through. Um, but he has he has gone all right in preseason. So who knows? Who knows what happens there? Um, the next one, uh, so what uh, What they, Collingwood did after they got uh, Reef, they didn't think that they would land in this late, but they did, and that, and that allowed them to open up in the draft, and they started to trade in picks well, from next season. Apparently, Reef just needs to put on some beef. They can be the, the Reef and Beef. <laughs> I mean, that's really bad. He probably does. I need that, that sound effect from last week, that wow, wow, wow for you right now. Bit of surf and turf. <laughs> um, so they actually traded into the draft this year on draft night. Um, they picked up another couple of picks. And the purpose of that was is next year um, they they already have priority access to Nick, um, Nick Dacos. 
um, who's touted to be a very high pick, um, as high as potentially number one. And so really what they're loading up on is just to get points, just like Western Bulldogs did. They're trading out of their position to allow them to have enough points to get Ugal Hagen this year at number one. Pies are doing the exact same thing with next year's picks. So they've just loaded up with late picks instead and then loaded up on picks this year. Speaking of day costs for next year, if you are in a keeper league, make sure, especially if you've got quite a lot of young youth coming in, you want to tank this season like you are Melbourne and Carlton of old combined. (laughs) I am not even kidding you. If you have Walsh, if you have Raul, if you are anywhere near the bottom, tank Make the crappest captain choice you can. <laughs> keep the good players I would you never have. Advise tanking, by the way, just so you know. In a keeper league, who cares? Take a snooze for twelve months, come back and be. <laughs> oh my god! Look how good my side is. It's amazing. I would. Well, okay, I'm actually thinking enough. about it, and I could probably try and win this year. Fair, well, maybe potentially. Maybe we'll see how we go. Um, the next one they picked up again, another high pick, uh, Caleb Poulter. Uh, I think it's Poulter. Could be Poulter. 117k forward mid uh, at pick 30. Be careful how you say that, Chris. Some people in Spanish might not appreciate that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Bucks night. Oh, wow. Damien, do you remember? Let's your, not go to that Bucks Damien, night. Damien, do you remember? Your no. Oh, yes. Uh, shout out to our friend Damien who remembers that night in the valley where <laughs> I, only, I only speak very minimal Spanish and it did not go so well for me. Ben almost got anyway, us kicked in Anyway, the let's not face. go there. Let's not go there. The people right. don't want to hear about Bucks nights at 3 a.m. in the morning. So, uh, Caleb Poulter, 192 centimetres, 79 kilos. So another guy that's a tall midfielder type, midfielder forward type. So, I've picked up basically their midfield for the next 10 years here. Um, he's a prototype midfielder that can obviously play inside or outside and has traits to make it AFL level. Hard tackler, aerial sound. He's an awkward matchup when playing forward because he's tall, but he's super agile at ground level. Um, but he can also accumulate the ball well. So um, he's had a, a little bit of exposure because he's played 12 games in the Sandfall Reserves. Um, but uh, the stat line for those 12 games read 25.2 disposals, 4.7 tackles, 5.5 marks, 3.4 clearances, and 4.8 inside 50s. So absolutely one to watch because he's got the talent to be able to make it. Um, again, not one that I think will play early, but probably will get some games this year. And so this is the theme with, with the Collingwood rookies. A lot of them are going to play at some point this year, and I think we're going to use them a lot as downgrade targets. A lot of them are multi-positional players, forward, mid, or forward. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out, guys, because there's some really good rookies. But what we've got to be careful of is, are they going to get enough games? Are they going to stay in the side long enough for us to make cash? So that's going to be the problem with these guys, because there's so many of them. Uh, moving on to Liam McMahon, which was picked straight ne- uh, next to him at a pick 31. A bit of a project pick here at uh, 170, 117K. He's a forward 194 centimetre, 80 kilo key forward. Um, so one of those uh, sort of smaller type key forwards. Um, he obviously bolted to 31. He's got a light frame for his size, but he's got all the a lot of the traits that modern day full forwards um, you know, need. He's quick on the lead, can create space one-on-one, marks the ball at the highest point, etc., and um, uses utilizes back leads quite efficiently because of his pace. Um, the problem with him as a, in terms of getting game time this year is that we've got Rusco, we've got Kelly, and we've even got Tom Wilson, um, all of which would play a similar role. So I just don't think that this year he will get game time. He's definitely going to be coming up through the uh, reserves, and I don't see him actually playing this year. So, But um, it, it'll be interesting to see his development. 
Uh, uh, sorry, there is a lot, by the way. Collingwood obviously had a lot of list spots to fill because they basically cleaned house. So I uh, do apologise, but there is a lot of rookies. Uh, the next one is Bo McCreary. Don't apologise. It was actually a great viewing when Collingwood absolutely, everything just went to mess. <laughs> it, was a, it was a shit show. That's what it was. It was. Hey, well, I'm just sitting not, there not going, us, what is great. happening here? Oh, man, it was tough being a fan. It's still tough. It's, yeah. I mean, look, they, they recovered on draft night. I think they drafted really well, but... Yeah, it's been tough. Um, so, Bo McCreary uh, had an, another medium forward type, 117K forward, 186 centimetres and 80 kilos. Um, he's a mature age player because he's actually 19. Um, so, he actually had one one year in the sandfall. He played out of a pocket. He's a high def- uh, defensive pressure um, player with averaging 3.9 tackles per game uh, and notching 19 goals in 15 games for South Adelaide in the sandfall. So, um, I mean, look, that's a position that, that pressure forward. Pies really haven't played a really, really good pressure forward in a while. Um, so he, he does fit a need. So I don't know. I disagree. Well, who's the pressure forward of the Collins? Jamie Elliott, putting pressure on himself every game he plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, Elliott was um, uh, deployed into midfield late last year. So um, I do think he comes back into the forward line. But Deployed. Yes, deployed. I mean, You're welcome. And you, you hear the words like deployed and then you think of service and Elliott can't service a thing. That's true. <laughs> um, he's, he's been pretty poor the last couple of years. But, I mean, look, he's obviously spent half his career injured. Maybe she hit up Patton for some hints. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you know when you follow Ooh. someone on Instagram? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, it's delicious, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know when you follow someone on Instagram and then you see, like, whenever you're on, like, yeah, someone's profile or whatever, you see, you'll see that they like that photo or whatever. Jamie Elliott honestly likes every Instagram model's photos I've ever seen. He is a skis. He would slide into that many DMs. I guarantee it. Good on him. I'm hoping he's successful. Um, moving on. Uh, Jack Ginevan. Um, so he would, this, moving on to the rookie list. So that completes their, um, their work on the primary list. Then they went to the rookie draft. And at pick 13, they picked up Jack Ginevan, 102K forward mid. He's 183 centimetres and 77 kilos, another medium four with a scope for midfield time or even half back. Um, he's been utilised there as well uh, because he's got exquisite ball use. Um, kicked 19 goals in 12 games in the NAB League for Bendigo Pioneers in 2019. Again, didn't play last year. It was an underager in that, uh, in that squad. Um, has been likened to Joel Selwood for his ability to draw a free kick. <laughs> Well, that's a that's an, a trait that you would like to hear, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, sure. Uh, the good news is, so he went at sixty nine point four percent disposal efficiency with a contested rate of forty five point four, which is very high, especially being a forward. Um, so yeah, looking to develop, to, they're looking to develop him into more of a midfielder, but uh, we'll see how that pans out. Isn't a free kick a contested possession though? That's true. There that you is, go. That is true. That's how he gets all his numbers. Yeah. Um, and the last one is Isaac Chug. Um, he was uh, picked up at pick 28 on the on the rookie draft as well. Another 102K player, defender forward. Now, apparently, he's been going really, really well. I know. No, I was, just, I was just going to make a joke about um, ducking more than Whitfield at Lambert's house. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's a ducker. That is a zinger. <laughs> oh, put some extra hot sauce on that one. <laughs> that was a that joke is, for a, a little while that, ago. <laughs> nah, it's still funny. No, it's still funny. Anyway, let me let me Woo. round out your irrelevant uh, one oh two k rookies there, Chris. Yeah, uh, defender forward, uh, one hundred eighty centimeters and eighty one kilos. Outside player, he plays predominantly wing and half forward. Um, but um, had success last last season in the NAB League, playing for the Tassie Devils as an intercepting defender. 
Um, yeah, so he needs a, the, the thing he needs to work on is he needs to find the pill more, obviously, especially if he's going to play that role of an intercept defender. But he's a middle-distance runner. He represented Australia at the all-schools competition in the 400 metres. Um, and he also uh, had a 20-meter dash at 2.93 seconds, which is in the elite category as well. So he's got a lot of athletic traits, but um, he needs to work on his skills and uh, accumulating accumulating the, the ball before he moves to AFL level. It's funny how he's really quick in a lot of these um, athletic areas, but he's also really quick to drink beer. <laughs> I could, you could say he chugs it down. Yeah. Once a chugger, always a chugger. Now, there are a few other rookies to watch um, that I'll just mention. So, obviously, Tom Wilson's that first one. See, Tom Wilson was one I was actually interested in because they were saying that, you know, by the reports, he was actually, you know, impressing and doing really strongly. So, he was someone I actually sort of flagged to watch and put in my side. And you don't think he's best 22? No, 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 definitely not. So, um, just to fill everyone in on Tom Wilson, the reason why probably no one knows anything about him, uh, Collingwood picked him up as a Category B rookie um, middle of last year. So, after the draft and everything. He was an elite junior footballer um, when he came in. He's now 23, turning 24. Um, he went to the States. He, he actually opted to play basketball. He went to the States over there and then play, uh, came back to Australia, was playing for the Sydney Kings. And then he decided he wanted to go back to AFL football and that uh, uh, enables him to be a Category B rookie because it had been X amount of years since he'd played professional football. Um, so, yeah, I think six years was the gap between him playing football and, and now. So... That's why I think his development is going to take a little bit of time. Um, but he can play in a wing and he can play as a uh, as that lead-up target in the forward line as well. So um, apparently his preseason is going well. I did um, see an interview with Braden Maynard there. So see how that transitions. But I, I just can't see him going ahead of guys like Will Kelly and Rusko. So Will Kelly's 135k forward. He obviously played really well in that first game. And then he had the broken elbow. And then Rusko um, played a few games, but he's only listed at 205k. So he could obviously play this year as well. So expensive, and I'm not really sure you'd want to uh, put your money there, but uh, it's it's an option. Uh, Jay Rantel, I've already touched on, elite uh, middle distance runner, and he's been impressing in the preseason. And then we've, of course, got Bianco, um, who's a halfback flanker, um, who's an elite ball user, but he's just behind, unfortunately. The, top, the back six there is just solid as a rock. So uh, good luck getting into that. Uh, and Nathan Murphy is still on the list somehow, and um, he's only a 123K defender as well, um, and he's a medium defender type who uses the ball well. You're right. It was Maynard said, um, oh, big Tommy Wilson is a really big standout at the moment. That's what hooked me. Although, mind you, if we listen to every little off-the-cuff comment, then we'd pick every single Adelaide player because they're all playing midfield. Every, everyone's playing midfield. Uh, so that rounds out the rookies, man. I'll have to fix you up, my friend. Yeah, I know. Maybe some... Maybe I'm just not strong enough in the arms, you know? Yeah, probably. It's, probably. it's the grip, It's mate. actually really slippery, It's to the be grip. Fair. It's hard to tighten things up when you're used to, you know, trying to sharpen a pencil. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, now, going through the best 22. So, uh, Pi's best 22 is a little bit um, strange. Um, I've gone with a, something a little bit different. I do think they're going to start one rookie, but I'll explain it th- on the way through. So, from the back line. Now, now before we start, um, uh, light duties. Uh, so I think how Grundy and Moore are all on light duties at the moment. I wouldn't t- read anything into that. I think it's just they're on light duties and they're just recovering from little niggles that they've suffered in the preseason, but it's nothing to yeah. be... Moore also had off-season uh, finger surgery as well. Yeah, so. I, 
I just don't think it's going to be too impactful, but just wanted to let everyone know out there. Um, so from the back line, obviously, Howe comes back, Roughhead and Noble. Uh, Maynard on the halfback flank with Moore and Crisp. Uh, on the wing, Dacos, has, he's nailed that spot now. He actually played fantastic last year. Uh, Pendlebury, obviously, in the midfield and side bottom on that wing. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about more about side bottom uh, further on in the pod. On the half forward flank, I've got Dugowie, uh, Majacek, and Main. Um, again, Dugowie is another one we need to highlight. Um, Main's apparently been tearing out the preseason as well. Not that that really counts, but well, the funny thing Main. about Main is, is that remember how he got like knocked out he by Cripps' elbow? Well, I reckon he, he might. Well, he got the sh- <laughs> yeah. He met, he met the well, truck. He met, met a the truck. truck. Well, apparently his schnoz also hurt uh, Cripps' elbow, so <laughs> does some damage. That is, that is, that's a big. That's a big thing. Yeah, home alone. Right, absolutely. right in the schnoz. <laughs> um, right. And then the obviously uh, Hoskin Elliott, uh, Cox, and I do believe Elliott moves back into that forward pocket. So that best eighteen there, it's not changing. I can't see that changing at all. Um, Grundy, Adams, and, and the other one, so the one spot here that is up for conjecture. Right now I've got Sire in there um, playing midfield. I think that um, he didn't play at all last year, did he? I don't, sure. don't, don't think, think he so. played any games last year. Um, but Braden Sire... Um, he, he played three. Three games. At a 73 average. So if he doesn't start round one, I can't see him playing much this season. But I do think they're going to give him the option uh, and they're going to give him a, give him a go give him a, a few games there um, but yeah he's he's with all the guys coming up from underneath him he's his spots vulnerable so I do put him in there right now but his spots are questionable right now on the new stage bench I've got uh, Quainor, uh Callum Brown Tyler Brown and uh, Jack Rantel um, who's the rookie that I think will start at this point that could also be Finlay McRae um, the one that's missing right now I've got Greenwood missing um, at this stage, I just, I think he will play obviously at times during the year. He came back late in the year and played some tagging roles for Collingwood. So that could be their play this year. I'm not sure how defensive they're going to go. Greenwood's a good example of cashing in when you could. Well, here's the thing. He, Buckley loves him. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's reason, a role player. I mean, he does his role better than McGovern, but definitely cashed in. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely cash. Anyone in. that averages more than three disposals at this point is better than McGovern. I mean, he leaves North when they were doing semi okay and then cashed in. Uh well look, and, and so Greenwood, well, there's every option that, that he plays and Rantle doesn't. You know, so that might be that there's no spot there. The other one that's missed obviously is Josh Thomas. Now he had a terrible start to the last season, but he pulled it round um late and he ended up coming good at the end. So they might want to play him. I do think that he's more depth than he is. Going to be in the best 22, but that's an option. Another Redlands boy, no? Uh, Thomas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Thomas. Thomas. Yep. There you go. Shout out to uh, Josh Shout Thomas. out to my Redlands boys. Um, but yeah, so I do think that uh, there is a spot there, but you've got to remember there are senior players that are on the sidelines that could. Right. So, so the best 22 is pretty good. Um, the questionable spots, Tyler Brown, Rantle and Sire, they could all be up in the air and wishy-washy for preseason. So what you're saying so is Collingwood's a couple of injuries away from it being a free-for-all? Absolutely. If they get injuries, then yeah, sure, 100%. Um, but that uh, rounds out the best 22 and uh, and the rookies. You're right. How, how that is the most long-winded rookie and best 22 I have ever heard. Yeah, I apologise. I do not want to listen to you talk about Collingwood ever, <laughs> ever again. Did you notice how timely the Brisbane was? Uh, did the rookies know. and did a few bits and pieces. and um, You have to be relevant first to be... Um, <laughs> 
Why do I let you do this to me? I don't know. Okay, so look, let's go straight into it. Now let's look at our premiums. We're going to go straight up with uh, Brody Grundy, 648K. The only thing that concerns me with Grundy right now is the fact that he hasn't really got into full stride with his preseason. Is it ultra concerning? No, I don't think it is. He did look banged up. So whether he just works into it a little more, that's okay with me. He's already underpriced. So even if he starts a little slower, I still think he's going to be top two. So I'm not overly concerned. But if He'll I was going to him. if I was going to go with Prusso as my second option, would you go Gorn or would you go Grundy based on their A ceiling, their recent form and It depends on what look, you can do with the extra hundred K. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, but look, he did average in 2018, he averaged uh, 22 games, 130.5. Then 2019, he averaged 22 games, 130 on the dot. Uh, 89% time on ground, so he can handle big time on ground. This year, funnily enough, he went basically at an average of, what, 88.7 time on ground over 2018, 2019. And then in a short season... That's how beaten up he was. He actually only got 84.6% time on ground. So he went down 4.4% in a smaller game, in a smaller season. So that's just a key on how much he actually struggled. But he didn't miss a game. Um, it may not have been that as well. It could have been. Um, so we obviously trialed um, playing Darcy Cameron, um, which did impact his time because you know Cameron was actually obviously a more – uh, capable ruckman than say a Mason Cox who just j- jumps in there for a five minute patch just to give him a chop out. Um, so that could have been the, that more than anything else. Yeah, he didn't look right though, did he? No, no. And he didn't. It, so the thing with Grundy that happened, and he announced this, is that he said that he struggled with the bubble. Oh, yes. Grundy's the kind of guy that um, likes he, to get away. Well, he's not really. Footy's obviously yeah. a big part of his life, but that's not his be all and end all. He actually is a fairly educated guy. He he, you know, plays football, goes home, and then tunes out. Yep. So he doesn't likes watch to football, go spray paint. Dal likes to go out and do things. And yeah. when you're in a bubble and you're around everyone all the time, and then it's footy, 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 or as Chris says, beers, 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 beers. beers, beers if beers, you're at North beers, Melbourne, beers, beers. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, I know. I do agree, and I think that would have been a big uh, impact on him. He also, I think, just finished his was it a double degree of some science he and did. something. So yeah. that's also you think about being on the road at COVID not liking not having your own space, also finishing a degree or double degree or whatever it was, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of mental focus on top of his body being a bit beaten. Like, mm. as in, I actually think, and people are saying, like, oh, it's because he got a you know, big paycheck. I'm like, I don't buy no, that. No, I don't buy that either. I don't he, buy he's that He's not either. a guy that's really that motivated by money. And he still averaged 120.6, right? It's not, it's not terrible at all. It's not bad. And here's the thing. He played every game, and he played every game the year before. And he played every game the year before that. He's only missed, so three, six. He's missed six games since 2015. So that's six seasons. So he misses on average a game a year. And most of those were back in 2019. So, oh, yeah, so 2019. He's played 97 of the last 105 games. Let's say, for example, that Max Gorn is a 10 points per game better player. Brody Grun is probably going to outdo him just on sheer points alone. For the year, now, I I don't I don't know if yeah um, if that score is going to be accurate ten points per game because I, I, they're honestly that close in a, in a normal regular season. Yep. Um, but if it is, and yeah, Brunt, Grundy probably still wins on on total points. So that hundred thousand dollars is definitely valuable. I, I wouldn't be just 
Oh, it's very valuable. It means yeah. the difference between a Heaney and what 13k off getting a Dunkley. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, do you yeah. want Gorn and Heaney or do you want well, Grundy and Dunkley? That you can rhymes. do it like 100K could definitely net you more than 10 points per game if you, oh, if you go if you from a well. mid-pricer up or something like that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Or a rookie into a midi. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do believe that, um, that, that Grundy is probably the better pick if you're only picking one at this stage. Um, one thing we haven't looked at is is VCC. So if you're going Grunt, like one of them, you're probably wanting Neil for a captain option. Um, and yeah, between Grundy and Gorn, who's the best VCC option with Neil? So that's something that, that could be a viable option that we should probably look into. Well, probably get to Timing that by the games. Melbourne pod. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think that I, I do, I do like the Grundy pick and I, I don't, I think he'll probably be arguably the most selected player this year. Yep. Um, interesting. So he had, I think he had a couple of low scores at the end. He did average, Grundy averaged 133 in his first seven rounds, averaged 109 for the last five, had two scores under 100, which was a 61 and an 85. So not too bad at all. Uh, had 1,500, so eight 120s, including a 135, 144, 147, 148, 151, 179. And let's not forget, 2019, he actually had five scores that were between 130 and 139. He had three scores from 140 to 149 and five scores that were actually 157 plus. I think people forget that when Grundy gets off a leash and he's still definitely a dominant ruck. So when you look at shorter game, it's probably a bit easier for this, some of these other rucks to get around the ground. They don't have to work as hard, work as long, work as far. Now you put it back into a normal season. Right, Grundy is still getting around the ground, getting those disposals like an extra midfielder, and that's where I think last year's points came in because taps to advantage and rucks that actually got the tap work really did well, and that's gone to a T. Grundy's not your the best tap ruckman. He normally racks up like a midfielder, but I think he yeah. was just struggling to get around a and little bit more. There's a little bit more points available in that midfield. However, what I would say is that the counterpoint to all of this is that obviously Grundy was scoring his best when the Pies were absolutely winning everything. So now, this year, how much, how many games are they winning, and does that impact his scoring? Like that could be a, an item for conjecture. So I actually um, sent him a letter, Chris. Oh, did you really? A little email. No, I said you need to speak to Steph Martin because he scored great when the lines were horrible. <laughs> Just go speak to Steph Martin. How did you do it? How were you a number two God, ruckman almost, for years? <laughs> I almost spit over this entire awesome system. Yeah, I love a good self payout five. Well done, Thank sir. You. Look, look at this. Yeah, you got You got to live Martin through the lows garbage, to get to right. the highs. <laughs> he went from run garbage team to the next. To the next. No, nah, he's actually. He, he might right. actually get a premiership uh, medal. Definitely a good option there. So uh, Pendlebury is the next one for me. Five ninety two k midfielder, and it's funny because you know Mister Dependable, he is definitely doing really well. Average one ten point two for the year. He's been a little bit lower though. 2018, 2019, he averaged I think it was about one oh three point nine between the two seasons. So not that great. Mm. And then this year really spiked up. And I think because the shorter games helped with an older body and also helped with that impact as well. So you're impactful with the ball, you score pretty well. So for me, some people look at Trelaw being out of the side as a, an indicator that, oh, Pendles is going to be playing pure midfield. Not sure that's the case. And I'm not sure he's going to be a top 10 option. I actually think he's slightly overpriced, even though I love Pendles and he is very dependable. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm not paying at him at 110 average, or even picking him in draft at 110 average, just because of that standard deviation that could end up seeing him average 104, 105. 
Look, I think he'll be consistent, but I can't oh, see too. him being 110 like premium, and that's what you're paying for if you're paying 600k for a midfielder. For a 110 midfielder average, he's probably your M2 or M3 generally. So yeah, I mean, there's what there's 20 midfielders. Enough, there's not enough value in that price. There plus a few others. There's so nowhere again, near enough value for it. No. Now the one that's probably going to be have a little bit of a spike is Taylor Adams. So um, previous history has shown that when a Trelaw is not in the team. Adams pro Adams scoring spikes. Now that's obviously because he doesn't have to compete for the in and under ball that uh, the troll loves to get. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot. He does actually benefit quite substantially from uh, Trelaw not being on this in the side. So definitely one to keep an eye on is Taylor Adams. I actually really like the pick this year. I just don't have the balls to do it. Problem with Adams is obviously he just gets those injuries that just lurk around every season. It seems like he's got something else that makes him injured. So. Um, I probably wouldn't do it for standard, though he is in consideration. And for draft, I think he's a great pick, and you could do a lot worse than someone like Taylor Adams. Unfortunately, I do. I'd love him to be a little bit cheaper. I'd love him to be thirty, forty k cheaper, Taylor Adams. So, so would um, I. I'd also like him to play more than um, you know what seventy percent of games. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got an. <laughs> Because he goes so hard in at the, at the ball, he also has soft tissue problems. Uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Not reliable, not for standard. Nah, not not going to do it for me. Not but do Adams, it. yeah, he did do well. Four scores under a hundred. Um, yeah, did really well. So I think, yeah, basically in that midfield, you're looking at sort of Pendlebury and Adams is probably some of the the stables, and then well, you Ad- have Adams played every game last year. But I mean, shorter games, shorter quarters. I mean, it just suits him to a T. So he did look like a pit bull though. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. You're right. Uh, okay, so this is probably the one that a lot of people want to talk about. Um, okay, so basically just having a look at some of these questions as well. So Keisty actually asked Chris, why do you um, follow such a crap side basically? Um, can you can you warn me when you're going to make a zinger before I take a swig of this well, it's a, sweet, it's a, sweet it's nectar? Well, it's a genuine question. And, and funnily enough is that one of my first – Points of asking is when someone says that, they're, hey, I'm from Victoria or, hey, they like football. I actually go, oh, well, who do you support? And as soon as they say Collingwood, I'm like, I don't want to know you. <laughs> Get away from me. Um, yep, so that's pretty much it there. So Mark also wants to know about the Pies midfield, which we'll touch on with Dugowie. So shout out to you. And um, let's have a quick look through here. So Tim Smith actually wants to know, can you have Sidey, Adams, and Grundy in the same side in standard or is that too many Pies? Too many Pies. Too many. Um, I... I don't. I don't like the side bottom pick. Yeah, me either. at all. Um, I'll get. And we'll it. get onto that. Same as you, Michael, who's actually wanting wanting to know if side bottom is a must have. This is pretty much the topic at the moment. So it's either side bottom or Dugowie. People want to know mainly about those picks. To be honest. So I think side bottom. There's two things about side bottom. He plays his, his best super coach performances are on a wing, which is surprising because most it's most people it's inside. Uh, they, that's where they actually perform the best. Sidebottom's best year as a player was two years ago when he played inside basically the entire year, but he actually only averaged 101. Um, whereas his best performance was on a wing earlier in his career where he averaged 111. Now, for that reason, and I'd, the other thing is, uh, I've been tipped off that he's going to be playing 50-50 mid-forward. So he's going to be playing a lot more on the forward line as either a high-half forward linking the play or in a pocket. Now, he can be damaging as a forward and he's still score well, but I'm not paying 588k for a guy that is going to sit in the pocket for half a game. I'm just not taking that chance. That's fair. So I, I – and as I said, his inside scoring is not great. So even if he does get that inside role, that's not good for him either. 
Um, if 100 average is what you want out of a 588K player, all good to you. That's not enough for me. That's too much. Yeah. I would just rather go – like, I'd rather search for value in that well, forward line. people are getting excited because his forward option and he did average 109.4 for the season. But, again, I think it was a, that, that impact on the short season. That Plus scored. nine games. It's a small sample size. Very small. And so when you look back at it, 2015 he averaged uh, pretty well, 104.2. Then 2016, 106.2, not too bad. Then he jumped down 96.0, yep. 101.6, 94.3, back to 109.4. So you're looking anywhere between that 94 to 109. That's a pretty large sort of area when you're talking about deviation. And I don't want to be picking this guy who's actually you know getting older. Yeah, and, and he's 600K. Relying- that's a lot of money. It's not like he's it's not like he's five twenty k and you're taking a punt on because you think that he might have a role change. It's not going to happen. I, I I I would be shocked if he averaged over one hundred five, and for six hundred k, it's just not enough. No, and basically he's actually not much off Dangerfield. He's like twenty k off Dangerfield. Who even though Dangerfield, yes, he's probably not going. to – Well, he might start the season, but he'll be hunted done. That's another conversation for Geelong. But that's a lot of money. There's a lot of better value. For me, I don't want to be spending... Especially in the forward line. There's well, so much value. You're talking about, what's that, like 16-point difference on average from one year to the next. Yeah, and obviously with all the scaling, etc. blah, Thinking blah. that, hey, he's just going to play pure midfield, which I'm not sure I see. Yeah. I mean, he played 80, 88% time on ground that season. In a, uh, so he played a lot of time on ground. I mean, he usually does, obviously, because he's got a tank. But um, The other thing yeah. worth noting as well is that now out of Adams, Pendlebury, and Sidebottom, who's probably the most damaging? To tag. Who would you tag? Because they have previously tagged side bottom. De Boer um, so tagged him round four. Side bottom can get a tag when he's on a wing. Yeah. Because he's so devastating or even by a forward foot. flank. Um, yes. So side bottom, I think, will cop a tag. However, I think the one that's probably going to cop it, it's probably going to go back to Pendlebury. Um, or alternatively, it'll be Degoe. And it'll depend on how impactful Degoe is because he can be absolutely devastating in midfield or he can be a complete spud. And there's really no in between, um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how that pans out. You never know. Maybe it'll be like when um, De Boer tagged was it Kelly and then Dangerfield or Dangerfield and then Kelly and then shut them both yeah, up. Yeah, exactly right. Well, th- that's actually got merit. You know, you start on someone yeah early, shut them down the first quarter, they lose rhythm and they don't get into the game, uh, and then you switch it off to a different person, shut them down. Yeah, it can work that way. Jackson merit or Zach merit. Jackson Merritt. You said it's got merit. I'm just trying to work oh. out how good that merit is. I mean, nah. is it the the underachieving brother or like the <laughs> the, uh, the scale of... Um, Zach Merritt came back with the Thunder last year. Anyway, um, so uh, just on Jordan Ngoi, um, he has been training with the midfield group all preseason. He's fitter than he's ever been. Um, the, the comments are he always comes back with a little more weight on him. This year he didn't. He came back super fit um, and ready to go into training. And he's been ready training. Ready to go, to go. Ready to go. Um, and by all reports, smashed um, all the match sim and has been smashing all the training as a midfielder. Um, so. Reminds you about the preseason Petrarca had though, yeah? Like last year, Petrarca came very, back in good nick and it's started. It's very Petrarca esque. How many um, people are going to jump on him based on missing Petrarca last year and they're just going to try and jump on the next train? Look, the thing is, he's 420K in a forward line. Like, if he does explode, you're going to be want to be on him. But the thing is... 435K. 420. Oh, 435, is it? Jeez. So I know what you're thinking about, Mr. 420. There's, there's two things about him. So, first of all, when he has gone into midfield before, 
he hasn't necessarily lit the world on fire. What he usually would do is he'd come into midfield for a quarter and then go back into the forward line. Or he'd come in for a half when we were losing and then he'd be thrown forward. What can't happen if he's going to be a midfielder is they can't just throw him forward when they need to. And that's going to really impact his scoring. Um, and the other thing is his body. He's never played a full season of AFL football. Last year, only played eight games. The year before, 16, 17, 14, 20, 16. So he's never had a full season. So the the big risk is his body as well. But if he's fitter than he's ever been, there's every chance that he could get through. Um, it's just tough to put your money there. I think it's a risky pick, but it's value. So The interesting thing is he in the shorter format, he actually went up 9.3% time on ground. When yep. he averaged 87.3 in 2019, he actually only played 77.7% time on ground, which means that if he actually played a little bit more into the 80s like a normal person should, there's no reason why he can't average you 90 plus. However, if you are picking him at 435K, you are banking on him being at least a 95 to 100 Yeah, plus. absolutely. You're picking him for a keeper. Anything less than a 95 is painful. Anything less than 100, you'd kind of be like pretty upset. Yeah, at that price point, you're basically picking him to beat Isaac Heaney. Yeah, that's and to, what you're and to be at. a top 10 or for both of That's them 100% what you're doing. You're saying, I think that Jordan Dugowie is better than Isaac Heaney because Heaney's what, 20K more? So, I, I re- and I really like Isaac Heaney. I think he's a shoe in for a 95 to 100 this year. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the bet that you're making. You're making that bet against uh, Isaac Heaney. I don't think – I mean, you could probably run both if you really wanted to, but I don't think people are running two players at that price point. Interesting. Interesting. Um, that Jackson joke was for you there, Lechdog, by the way. Um, okay, so looking at that – oh, so, by the way, steel bottom showed more than side bottom steel, while shrinking. Steel bottom. I wonder how his off-season was, whether he actually okay. behaved himself. Oh. Um, Jack Crisp, um, he actually ended up averaging 99 last year and he's obviously been progressing upwards. A um, few things with Jack Crisp. So if he did play some run with rolls through the midfield and he actually got some time on the ball, I don't know if he's going to be able to um, – that's not a regular thing. Like he's not going to start on the ball this year or anything like that. It's just during games, if, if someone needs a run with roll or if they need to change up the mid-mix, he sometimes can get thrown in there and that does actually help his scoring. Where he really benefited last season was Jeremy Howe wasn't there and he was ended up being that loose distributor off halfback. So I can't see him replicating that to that extent, averaging 100, but he's not a terrible pick. For 533 though, again, I'm not sure that I would want to pick him. Yep. In, uh, in no, draft, are you picking him at 100 or are you going to be trying oh, to... Oh, no, I, I would let other low people 90s? pick him. Because, um, again, when he scored really well is that intercepting type, right? Taking yep. intercepts, you know, using the pill well. Don't get me wrong, he can rack up the ball and sometimes he um, he does butcher it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was good for his scoring. And if you see the back end of his, of his season, well, it really spiked. It did. He averaged 117 over the last five. So he went 96, 125, 134, 138, 93... Yep. Consistent though, he does. He played. He's played one twenty-seven of the last one twenty-seven. So he doesn't oh, miss. Yep. Doesn't miss games, which is uh, pretty good for a steak knife. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you keep going on. Um, and look, he just has the propensity to to uh, you know sometimes he'll get a lockdown role or sometimes he just he just won't find the pill that game. So he does drop the occasional low score. I don't think it's a terrible pick, but at five thirty-three k, like who are you picking? Who are you not picking because you're picking him at 533? Yeah, you might as well just go up and, and get a Laird, a Whitfield. Yeah. What are you um, expecting him to average 
Are you saying he might average 110? Or are you like trying to predict the 10 points? Because if he's no. just going to average you 100 at 533K, what's the point? And if you're just looking at a point of difference, you might as well go and get Luke Ryan, who will forever be undervalued. And I swear, he'll probably be under like 5%, 10%. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I just to me, the pick doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's a bad pick. I just, I, I just doesn't make sense this year. Can I just coach. add as well some concerns with Dugowie? Like he did go really good for a game, got 151, but he averaged 71 outside of that game. And he is also notorious for dropping some absolute stinkers when he goes oh, missing. Absolutely. You know, he had yep. a 43, a 62, a 66, and a 67. So that's what concerns me, particularly if you start with that price and he doesn't actually go too well to begin with. He might not. He might stagnate he, or even this hold. Is, well, or that's drop. that's him playing forward, right? Yeah. So the the, the problem is obviously as a as a forward, especially full forward, he either kicks a bag or he kicks two or three, and then you know you get a sixty. But they you used know, to have know. Jaden Stevenson hanging out in that forward line, and now that he's gone, so it's like, well, what are they just relying on Elliot to now be able to kick yeah, goals? Yeah. Well, so Elliot was moved into the uh, midfield last year. Um, and Jaden Stevenson was leading out from that, and uh, Hoskin Elliott was played pretty much all around the park as well. So I anticipate that those two will now be the lead up, you know, small forwards in that in that forward line. Um, yeah, I, I, right. the problem is again. So let's say Elliott gets injured, what are they going to do? Is Degoe going to go forward again? So there is a lot of risk with the Degoe. old uh, Bontempelli factor. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so um, look, the, the, it's a valid pick. But let's let's get some more information before we say, yep, it's a it's a tick. So um yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel with that. Uh Maynard, five forty nine K defender. There is uh, average one oh two point almost more than Brisbane, hey. Average one oh two point four. Um Good one. Absolutely killed it, Braden Maynard. Uh, did. He's season. played thirty nine out of the last thirty nine the last couple of seasons. He averaged one oh eight in the first seven rounds, 10 hundreds, including 115, 116, 116, 118, 125, 136. Twice he went under 88, which was a 60 and a 75. Basically, uh, even then they were saying that he's fit and impressive uh, coming back to Christmas before the break. So interesting there. Uh, don't mind Maynard too much. However, again, at that price, I think you're probably a little safer because he did really jump. He went from like an 80 average to a 102.4 average, yeah, which is crazy. So for me, in that price, even in draft, like I like Maynard, but I'm not picking him at a 102.4. No. Nah. First of all, it's far too expensive. Um, how they were using him was basically uh, so, and both of these guys averaged really well. Obviously, Jeremy Howe on the right side of that pocket, and um, and Braden Maynard on the left hand side, and so they were both key distributors either side of the um, of the arc. And that's how they played. So it was get the ball in Maynard's hands or get the ball in Howe's hands, depending on which direction you're going. So they were the two designated kickers. Obviously, when Howe went down, that's when everything changed. Um, but you can see that in his scoring. It was really consistent those first four rounds. And then the, the, the following four rounds, he had a good game in round five, but then 89, 99, 75, he just dropped off a little bit. Um, just being that the primary user ad defense um, instead of having the ability to share that role. Um, so I, I really like Maynard. He's a great defender. He can win his own ball. He takes an intercept grab. He uses the ball well, gets kickouts. Um, I just think he's too too expensive um, at the end of the day. He's yep. 550K for Braden Maynard. Speaking of too ex- expensive, Jeremy Howe, people are like, oh, well, he started off so good averaging 120 or whatever before he got injured. Um, yeah, no, don't do it. He, he is 517K. Like, he's not 300, low 300. There's 300s. not value there. He's not there averaging 120. Zero value. And last year, they were getting so many points for intercept marks, yep. which is where, why they absolutely went crazy. It's not going to be the same scaling and points 
as it was last year. So do not go there. Don't even make that temptation. What I do is I usually put him in a spreadsheet so that way, and when I give it to everyone, I actually filter from high average to low average. And occasionally... <laughs> you can take these ones. Well, occasionally they then go through and they go from top to bottom. Sometimes they don't actually look at how many games they play. And Matt they go, picks oh, him up. wonderful. There's a 120 average defender, and then they go and pick Jeremy, Jeremy Howe. Or they go and have a look and there's like, oh, here's a 100 average midfielder. Uh, I'm just going to pick up... Uh, who was the Brisbane line that went to... Um, yeah. Adelaide. I've forgotten his name. He's irrelevant. Ellis Shulman? No, no. no. He went the other way. way. Atkins? No, you are horrible. Atkins didn't go the to Adelaide from well. Brisbane, Mike. I'm just, I'm just speaking shit at this point. You are. Anyway. Someone, you'll, you'll hear it the other that, day. Uh, that, that's all the premiums. Um, and so now moving into mid-prices, I get, these guys are slightly draft relevant, um, but I wouldn't say... Uh, yeah, they, it's all conjecture, I suppose, especially it depends on how deep your draft is, etc. Hinge! Oh, whatever. Oh, some, did someone pick him up? Oh, yeah, someone No, but someone up. will. He's yeah, averaging yeah, 100, absolutely. played one game, and then you put everyone in draft and hope someone picks him up. That's the best way to do it, everyone. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so can we go back to the... Yeah. And if yeah. someone makes a bad choice, let them. Applaud them. Great pick. Great pick. Keep going. Um, so Darcy Moore, obviously, I think is a, a decent um, selection in a, in a draft, in a deep draft. Um, again, he's on, he's on light duties, but he's a guy that takes intercepting grabs, uses the ball well by foot, and can be a real game changer for the pie. So you can um, can score really well there. It falls away from there, though, doesn't it? It does. Um, oh, I geez, d- that sounded like Bruce then. <laughs> it, oh. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Um, IQ for me is probably the one that has the most uh, scope to grow. Good in a keeper league. I've got him in a couple of keeper leagues, old IQ. Um, and look, he's just going to get better and better. He's a, good, a brilliant user by foot. They look to get get the ball in his hands. Um, how many games did he play last year? He didn't play that many. IQ you? nine, no, nine. because he ended up getting studded pretty bad. Oh, that's yeah. Right. So I actually wrote he's a bit super, of a heater. His super coach average is soon to spike. He won't be given the boot, and you don't need a high IQ to pick him. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I agree well, with that. That was dangerous. Those spikes. That was absolutely horrible. Um, the other one is um, uh, Braden Sire. So I do think that if he gets a midfield role, he could go really well. So um, one you probably don't have to pick up until on your bench, really. Um, is it Sire or Sear? Sear, Sire. Because for me, he's neither Sear nor there. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're funny. Other times it's just I'm laughing at you, uh, just so you know. I want to cringe and mess up your <laughs> podcast. I'm not going to lie. Ah, uh, Fair call. Um, uh, Chris Main's been all right a little bit. Um, but outside of that, I think it's a it's a bit rough. I think that wraps it up, it's to be honest. Rough. Yeah, realistically speaking, rookies are one to watch because there is opportunities. Premiums, yes. Mid-prices, sketchy as all hell. Not even that much draft value apart from, you know, you're looking at scraps guys that you might average 80. So you pretty much go hard on the premiums or kind of leave them alone and wait for the dust to settle. Sounds good. I Sounds like good. It. Oh, that's how you pretty much have to play it, I think. So, uh, look, that's it for us for Collingwood. A little bit of a longer version when Chris talks about his side. So, it's um, just pick the nine rookies that they had, bro. The nine down. rookies. We all want to hear about a lovely four-minute spiel about 102K rookie, Chris. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Anyway, until next time, next is Essendon, and we'll catch you then. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 